Good morning, Erie First. My name is Pastor Quint, and you usually see me up here leading worship and wailing on my guitar with the band, uh, but today I have the chance to preach, which I'm very excited about that. Um, it was actually a year ago today, my family was on our way home from our vacation last summer, and we stopped at a church in Fairfax, Virginia, I'll never forget it, watched that service, and as we left, I realized God was making, putting us into a new season. This song kind of got me choked up because it was that, that service that started the ball rolling that I'm here. And so I hope you've enjoyed it. I've enjoyed this last year. It's been great being here at Erie First, and I'm very grateful for this church. Um, several weeks ago, I, I texted Pastor Nicole and said, hey, if you have a week uh, that I could preach, I've got this message brewing on faith versus faithfulness. And so here we are. I'm, ex I'm very excited to share with you. These two words are very close, faith versus faithfulness. But today I want to look in the word and I want to just see what separates them. Is there a difference between being a person of faith and being a faithful person? All right. Um, I did get a haircut this last week. I've been here almost a year, and I've been trying to, I really had hopes that I could be, yes, yes, okay. So, but let me just uh, unpack that, because I had hopes of being like the third Cray brother. You see Sam and Zach up here, and they're so stinking talented, I just want to be like them. Uh, but the more I've hung out with them, I realize it's practice that got them where they are. It's not just their hair. So, um, I guess I, I got a haircut, and now I'm just going to practice my guitar some more. Um, so anyways, we closed our end time series last week, and we did worship, and we go back here, and then I come back in the room, and the verse on the screen is my first verse for today's message. It already was. That was, that was a God thing, okay? So I love when he does that. It's just affirmation that we are thinking and speaking the same language. So Revelation 19.11, let me read that to you. It says, I saw heaven standing open, and there before me was a white horse whose rider is called Faithful and true. All right, so today we're talking faith versus faithfulness. And here we read about Jesus Christ and the many different names he is called by. This one has always stood out to me faithful and true. I've written songs about this, I've written sections of my books about this. I love this name for Jesus because here's a verse that tells us the word faithful is synonymous with the person Jesus Christ. All right, faithfulness is the acting out of one's faith. And there has never been a person who acted out their faith like Jesus Christ did. Amen? All right. So when he came to this earth, he was not just God pretending to be man and going through the motions and kind of cheating on the test. He was 100% human and he was 100% God all at the same time. And he acted on every one of his convictions. All right, and that is why he bears the name faithful and true, and that is why he left a trail of miracles and life change in his path. So because of that, he bears this name faithful and true. Now, I believe it can be very easy to say, I am a person of faith. I believe in what I'm supposed to believe in. I believe things that the Bible teaches, but to be a faithful person is to actually take a step towards those things that you believe and act on them, all right? This is why in the book of James, chapter two, it says faith without works is dead. I believe that you could paraphrase that this way. Faith does not become faithfulness until you act on it. In fact, the final verse of James chapter two says it this way, as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without deeds is dead. 
So this morning, my prayer is that we will walk away not just being people of faith, but that we will, be, that we will walk away being people ready to act on our faith and that God would look at us and see us as faithful people. So let's pray, and then we'll kind of dig into that this morning. Lord, I thank you for this church. I thank you for the opportunity to come into this place to worship you. I thank you for this awesome band who has blessed us with God-honoring worship. And Lord, more than anything, we pray this morning that you have been glorified, that you have been honored, that you have, have heard this song that we've offered to you and that it has blessed you. Because worship is not about us. Worship is 100% about you and ascribing worth to you. I pray as we dig into your word this morning that these words would not be my words, but they would be yours that you would help us to see how we can be faithful people, that yes, let's be people of faith, but God, would you give us the power and would you show us how we can go and act on that faith? Amen. Amen. All right, so I tend to live by the mantra that indecision is not a spiritual gift. All right? Honestly, I'm a little trigger happy with my my things that I do. It, it doesn't take much for me to be excited enough to put it on my Instagram or my Facebook page. You can follow me on Facebook and Instagram. Um, but I remember in 2015, I wrote my first book. It's called Yield. And you know the phrase, don't judge a book by its cover? I was literally going to just trust that phrase. And my friend, who's a graphic designer, heard that and was like, oh, child, you need some help. And so he offered to make this really awesome book cover for me because he's like, you can't just put a book out there with just any old cover. Like, you got to. And so, so anyways, he, uh, we started emailing back and forth, and he sent me, you know, here's six options, and we whittled it down to three, and we whittled it down to two, and I was sure one of those two was going to be it. And so I shared a sneak peek on my Instagram page, and it wasn't done, and I'm sure he wasn't happy. So indecision is not a spiritual gift, but... In reality, I'm a little trigger happy, and I need people in my life who help me pump the brakes and help me uh, just kind of wait till something is done. I've done the same things with songs that I've written. There's a video on YouTube of me and uh, my songwriting partner. Her name is Ellen. We were doing this song. Actually, it just came out this last month, and it, we weren't sure it was done, but we were so excited we made this video and put it up, this acoustic version of it, and I said in the open of the video, we're not even sure this song is done, and you can see her face just like fall, and I was like, but we're not sure it's done, but it's okay, because we're sure this much of it's done, and so I pushed it out there, so um, I might not be the best person to take advice on indecision, but I'm going to give you a little bit anyways, okay? Indecision is not a spiritual gift. I don't believe there's anything noble or extra spiritual about being too afraid to make a decision. The Bible tells us there are absolutely things we need to pray on, meditate on, really weigh the circumstances before we, before we make our move. But there's also plenty of things that we can just go do and we'll know 100% that we're inside the will of God. All right? So is it okay if I give you a few of those things? And then there won't be any indecision on those. And then we can talk about some more things and we'll go from there. So the first one would be Matthew 28, 19. All right. I told uh, Jason the other day, our media director, that uh, I pretty much don't preach without bringing up Matthew 28, 19. And he's like, oh, I'm going to take you up on that sometime. But I really don't because it's the great commission. It's the thing that we were told to do. So Matthew 28, 19 says, go therefore and make disciples teaching them in the name of the Father, Son, or baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. And so I would say 100% of the time, if you are out in the world, 
out in the marketplace with your family, with those you love, with those you're just meeting, and you are seeking to introduce people to Jesus Christ, if you are seeking to show the Savior of the world to those you interact with, you are doing God's will. There is no need to discuss that, deliberate on that, question that. It's a pretty direct order. In fact, I love how the message translation says it. In Romans chapter 1, verse 5, it says, We have received both the generous gift of his life and the urgent task of passing it on to others. All right? So there's no time to debate spreading the gospel. It is our urgent task and command. There's one. Here's number two. Another example of things that we can just go do, and we know we're inside the will of God, uh, would be worship. All right, of course, I'm biased. I'm the worship pastor here. But if you would turn to Psalm 98, or I can do it for you. Uh, but Psalm 98, verse 1, says, Sing to the Lord a new song, for he has done marvelous things. His right hand and his holy arm have worked salvation for him. Now, before you think I'm cherry-picking verses that prove my point, you could jump over to Psalm 100, and it says, Shout for joy to the Lord, all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him with joyful songs. Psalm 101, I will sing of your love and justice. To you, Lord, I will sing praise. And I could go on and on. In fact, the longest book in the Bible is Psalms. It's a book on worship. I don't believe that that is a coincidence. 100% of the time, if we come together as a church, if we are with a small group in our home, if we are alone in our car, and we are worshiping him, we are in his will. It is his will that we would ascribe worth to him for who he is and what he's done. All right, so there's a second thing. Here's a third thing that we can just do and we'll know we're inside the will of God. The New Testament, specifically Hebrews 10.25, tells us, do not forsake the gathering of the saints. Now let me fast forward to 2018 and say that how we would say that in 2018. Don't skip church, all right? Okay, we know from reading in the book of Acts or the many different epistles throughout the New Testament that when a body of believers comes together to grow from the teaching of the word and to worship our Savior, that we are doing God's will. It is his will that we would grow together in the things of Christ. So, back to the top, back to my point. Indecision is not a spiritual virtue. Patience is, but indecision is not. And here are three examples of things that we can all just go do in our everyday, ordinary life, and we'll know we are inside the will of God. Our topic today is faith versus faithfulness. And as I said in the open, faithfulness is the acting out of one's faith. So here are three ways we can act out our faith and become faithful people. Is that good news? No? It is. Okay. Here's why I think it's good news. I just gave you three things you can do today, tomorrow, the next day, in your everyday ordinary life to become a more faithful people. If you came into this place today wondering, how can I just be closer to God? How can I do more of his will in my life? How can I know that I'm walking his path for my life, you should be pretty happy right now because I just gave you three things that you can do. They're basic, they're simple, but they'll change your life, okay? So he desires that you would share the gospel with others, that you would worship him, and that you would find a healthy gospel community to be a part of.
So that's our starting point today. Let's keep going. I'll give you a little bit more specific direction, but those, that's our foundation for becoming not just people of faith, but faithful people. We're headed into our new year next week. Pastor Nicole mentioned it. Some people call it the annual business meeting or the fall kickoff. They don't really care what title you use that gets you excited to stick around after church next week, but we need you to stick around after church next week and hear where we're going in this new year. Our big push, I'll give you a little spoiler alert, okay? Our big push is going to be these three things. In this new year, it's really not, I mean, September, starting in September, our push is going to be that we would love to see you join a group, join a team, and attend a service, okay? This means that one of our desires is that you would take these three things, this join a group, a small group that you can continue. You know, it says in Matthew 28, go and make disciples. How do you make disciples? You do it by opening the word, not just here on Sunday morning, but also throughout the week. So we would desire that you would do that in a small group. We would desire that you would join a team. And we talked about that, serve teams and uh, the ability to serve others. I'll get into that. And then we already talked about don't skip church, attend a service, right? So let's start with small group. I'm actually going to be spearheading some, some new small groups here in the new calendar year. And so we have many options that are currently, like we talked about soul care, and we talked about um, we're going to be having like a foundational evangelism Bible study. We'll be having our foundations class. And we'll have other small groups that are launching and that are already existing. Um, but a core value here that we have as the staff of Erie First is that discipleship happens through community, okay? You have to have relationship first. You have to have people that can call you out, people that you're going through life with first. And so that's why we believe without community, there is no discipleship. We need people around us who are helping us grow, who are challenging us to do more, who are speaking life into our lives. Uh, you've, some people may have seen, I have this shirt that really big, obnoxiously says, iron sharpens iron. And that's what that means. It means when we're together, uh, you know, when we're, we make each other better when we open the word together and we dig into it together. So community is where discipleship happens. Romans 1, we're going to be there a few more times. So if you have your Bible, you can pop over there. But Romans 1, verse 11 and 12 says this. This is the Apostle Paul. I long to see you so that I may impart to you some spiritual gift to make you strong. That is, that you and I may be mutually encouraged by each other's faith. All right, so if the Apostle Paul was finding encouragement by other people's faith, would you agree that we probably could be encouraged by other people's faith as well? If he needed it, then of course we need it. This is why getting involved in a small group or a home group of some kind is so beneficial. Honestly, some of my best friends are people I've done small groups with. And they're not all my age. The first year um, that I was a, a worship pastor, we did a small group. The one that worked for us, it was people much older than my wife and I. And Anderson is still their favorite child, even over their own grandchildren, okay? So, um, it, but they're some of our best friends, and we can sit across, you know, on their boat or across them for coffee right now and pick up where we left off. And we, you know, it's a lasting impact because we went through life together for a season, okay? Um, we also would love to see you join a team. We have many options for teams. A lot of you serve on teams. Um, 
a lot of our teams help pull off this Sunday morning service. That's how we do this every week. But we have other, other teams, some that, a maintenance team that comes in throughout the week. We have a prayer team that meets on Saturdays. We have plenty of different options for teams. If you have a great idea, we'll help you start a new team if it's something that could be beneficial to the church. But let me talk to you about why serving is a big deal. We are called to be gracious as Christ has been gracious to us. And where better could you find a place to learn how to be gracious than serving inside the church? Where there are people who will come, there are so many opportunities to be frustrated, to be hurt, to be offended. Uh, do I need to go on, right? But those opportunities that are hard, those are the same opportunities where we can learn to grow in graciousness, right? That is, that is an atmosphere where we can practice a lot of what we preach, literally. Um, so you have to understand that God has a finished product in mind for you. Who you are today sitting in this room is not who he would desire you to be five years from now, 10 years from now, 15 years from now. Mark Batterson says um, that some people have 25 years experience in their Christian faith, and some people have one year experience 25 times. Okay, let's not be those people. Let's, let's embrace the finished product that he has in mind for us, and five and 10 and 15 years from now, let's look different. How can we do that? We can do that by joining small groups, growing with people, growing our own faith, and we can do that by serving on teams and being in those situations that stretch us, that ruffle our feathers, but that God will change us through. And if you think I'm not speaking from experience, we can have that conversation after, okay? But I've had many opportunities, many things, but I have, God has changed me so much over the last four years as a pastor, seeing all these opportunities that natural Quint would have lost his biscuits, all right? But Jesus ordained in the pulpit, Quint, has grown so much through these opportunities, all right? Okay, and then lastly, we would love to see you attend services. We talked earlier about forsake not the gathering of the saints, don't skip church. It is an automatic, God-honoring act of obedience when we show up to church and worship him. When we let a person who God has appointed teach us things from the word, and we can leave different than we came. That's a huge desire for us here at Erie First as the staff and the leadership. Of course, I'm going to be the guy who stands up here and says, don't skip church. We, we want to see you here, right? It's why we do what we do throughout the week to prepare for Sunday mornings. It's why we do Wednesday night things. It's why we put together small groups that meet the other six days of the week. Um, but I take the pastor hat off for a minute. I, Quint Lindblad, am looking at you telling you, these things have changed my life, okay? I'm not up here just saying this because I'm on staff and it's what I'm supposed to say. Being in small groups, serving on teams, I probably haven't missed church in over five years. I just told you when I'm on vacation, I find a church to go to, okay? So um, these things have changed my life. So right there are three more ways that you can act on your faith. Bob Goff, in his new book, Everybody Always, he says this, to agree is free, to obey is costly. To agree is free, to obey is costly. 
it is so easy to agree with these three core things that we say we value here at Erie First, or even the first three things of go and make disciples and worship and attend church. You can hear everything I'm saying today. You can hear the things Pastor Nicole preaches and teaches, and you can say, amen, great job, go team. But to actually leave this place and apply God's truth into your life, it will cost you something. It will cost you time. It will cost you effort. It will cost you rearranging your schedule. But it is so worth it. I actually preached the message a couple of years ago, and my tagline or my main point and I love it, so I'm going to reuse it here, was church is not a product to consume. It is a community to participate in. Church is not a product to consume. It is a community to participate in. So don't come in here or anywhere else, for that matter, looking for your flavor of church. Come in here and look for ways you can bless and serve others and how you can grow and change from who you are into who he wants you to be. A little further down in Romans 1, verses 16 and 17. For I am not ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes, first to the Jew, then to the Gentile. For in the gospel, the righteousness of God is revealed, a righteousness, a righteousness that is by faith from first to last, just as it is written, the righteous will live or I wrote, act or do by faith. The righteous will live, act, or do by faith. God's way of putting people right shows up in our acts of faith, becoming faithful people. We have a role to play and an action to take. That is faith lived out. Faith turned into faithfulness. So a couple weeks ago, my family and I were on vacation. And I didn't go to any church and God's moved me into a new season or anything like that. So hopefully you like me and you're glad I'm staying. But um, I did go to the church I used to work at. Um, and it was really, you know, it was just kind of fun to go see those guys and let them know that even though we're in this new season, we're still cheering them on. We're grateful for them. We're excited for them. And we have great relationships with all of them. Um, but I texted the guy I used to work with and I said, man, there are so many familiar faces, it's really just good to see. And he texted me back, new faces? Question mark. And I said, well, first I thought, could you imagine if that was an autocorrect where you type F-A-M and it just defaults to new? Like that, just not even close. Um, but I said, no, familiar faces. It's good to see familiar faces. And he actually preached and said, he, he used a Rick Warren quote that I thought was great. The church... I get it, because the church is the one organization that exists for its non-members, right? You realize that's why we're here, is for those that aren't here yet. And hopefully you come in here, and we leave changed, and we go get people, and we bring them back, and we just do that every single week, all right? And then we go to two services. That's how that's supposed to work. Um, but... I meant what I said because I know, you know, a lot of the, I know all of the story of what that church has been through in the past little bit. And it was just so good to see so many familiar faces who have, you know, gone through that season with that church and everything that they've been through. And they're still in it. They're still excited about their faith. They're still faithful to his church. They're not forsaking the gathering together of the saints. So I just want to take a minute and tell you, I think so often in, in the church world, 
it can be very easy to get caught up in, where's our new people? Who's our new people? But I don't want you, our faithful people, to think we don't see you and we don't appreciate you because we love you and we need you and we're glad you're here and faithful and church is not a product to consume. It is a community to participate in and thank you for participating in it. And never think that we don't see that and appreciate that, okay? And I want you to know the staff started that round of applause. We really mean it, okay? First Thessalonians 4. I know I, I kind of jump all over the place, but I do it with great intention. First Thessalonians 4, first half of the verse says this, It is God's will that you should be sanctified or holy. And I wrote in my notes, God's will is about the person that you are and are becoming. It's not so much about the exact things you do, but the way in which you live. See, I believe God's not concerned which team you serve on. Now, if you can't play guitar, he doesn't want you on the worship team, all right? Unless you play something else. But God is not so much concerned as which team you serve on. He's concerned that you're obeying the spiritual leadership in your life, trusting them, trusting him, and finding a place to serve. That's what he's... That's what he wants. That's his will, is that you'd be in this personal pursuit of holiness, 1 Thessalonians 4, right? So he, he just desires that you'd find, it's not what small group. What if I choose the wrong small group? There's no wrong small group. Just join one. Find some community so you can be discipled through community. That's what I believe this is saying. It's not this specific, do I go to Chipotle or do I go to Wegmans for lunch? Which one's the wrong? It's, that's not it. What it comes down to is trusting the instructions of the spiritual leadership by faith. And here in Thessalonians, Paul is giving instructions to this specific church that he believes will profit them in their personal pursuit of holiness. And that's what we're doing here with our three simple things of join a group, join a team, and attend a service. We just want to spur you on in your personal pursuit of holiness. Let me, take, uh, let me tell you a story real quick of something that happened in my life a couple of months ago that, you know, I believe because I did this, because I trusted the spiritual leadership in my life, and I joined groups, and I joined teams, and I attended services, and I let God speak to me through those things, and I opened up his word on my own. Um, so before I was a, a full-time pastor, uh, I worked in sales. My dad is here today. He owned... Uh, a janitorial supply company for almost 40 years. And for five of those years, I worked for, in, for him in sales, okay? Selling exciting things like toilet paper and floor wax and all those things, okay? But one of my customers was the sewer plant that my house now empties into. This is the most awkward setup for a story that I'll probably ever use. But a couple of months ago, I was there paying my bill and I look a little different now than when I worked in sales. So, like, my hair is longer and my glasses are brighter and my jeans are typically in worse shape. And um, so I pay my bill and I leave. And this lady walked out. And she's changed a little bit, but I was pretty sure she was my contact from when I used to sell them. It's been, like, five, six, seven years. So, I, was, I mean, I'm pretty sure that's her. I'm not 100%. And so I just... 
she didn't recognize me at all. And so I hopped in my Jeep and I just took off. And she was kind of going for a walk, not trying to get fresh air because she works at a sewer plant, but trying to just <laughs> de decompress a minute. And as I, came, as I came around, I was like, that is definitely her. And I made it all the way to the stop sign and I felt the Holy Spirit say, yeah, you're supposed to talk to her. So I turn around and I come up and as soon as I rolled down my window, she looked at me and I said, Chris? And she went, Quint? And she's like, oh my goodness. She goes, what are you doing now? And I said, believe it or not, I'm a pastor. And she said, well, from soap to Jesus, if they meet you, they're going to get cleansed, right? <laughs> and I said, I said something like that. And... Um, and so I just said, so how, how are you doing? It's been a while. And she, she said, I'm not good. Um, my son has an addiction. He's like my age. And she's like, I'm just trying to figure out, can I get him in rehab? How do I get him in rehab? Just all this, you know. And I said, can I pray for you? And what's his name? And she told me his name. And we prayed. And she cried. And I'm about to cry. And, um, and then she just thanked me. And... We went our separate ways. And uh, so this is why I tell you that story. Not because I want or need a pat on the back for being a good pastor. I wasn't being a pastor to her. I wasn't. If I hadn't told her I was a pastor, I don't know where she would have thought I worked. But, she, you know, I was just a person that she knew who claimed to know Jesus in that moment. And that, honestly, that's what faithfulness can look like on a Tuesday at a sewer plant. That's why. That's why I tell you the story. I was not on the clock as a pastor in that moment. I was just living my life. I was tuned into the Holy Spirit and what he would have me to do, and I just acted on it. Um, I believe I got to that place because I trusted people that God put in my life to speak into my life, and he empowered me, and he helped me to see and be sensitive to his Holy Spirit, and I really, I think that's it. I've done things like that before and had it go nowhere. I've, I've, I've felt like, oh, I should talk to this person. I talked to him, nothing. Oh, it's okay. I was just a nice guy with no agenda in that instance, and that's fine too. Um, but I just believe that either way, God, maybe you talk to somebody and nothing happens and you're the nice guy with no agenda, but you were obedient, so that happened, right? So you took a step. That happened, and God can work on that, and you find change. All right, so let me wrap up. If you could turn to Mark 6 um, on your, in your Bible or on your Bible app or whatever you use, I'm just going to read the first 12 verses of this chapter as kind of my wrap-up point on this, all right? We're talking faith versus faithfulness. If we don't possess faith, we can't become faithful people but how do we take faith, put it in action, and become faithful people? Mark 6, verse 1, it says, Jesus left there and went to his hometown, accompanied by his disciples. And when the Sabbath came, he began to teach in the synagogue, and many who heard him were amazed. Where did this man get these things? They asked, what is this wisdom that he has been given? What are these remarkable miracles that he is performing? Isn't this the carpenter? Isn't this Mary's son? 
and the brother of James, Joseph, Judas, and Simon, aren't his sisters here with us? And they took great offense at him. And Jesus said to them, a prophet is not without honor except in his own town, among his relatives, and in his own home. He could not do any miracles there except lay his hands on a few sick people and heal them. He was amazed at their lack of faith. I've given you some tangible action steps. Let's stop there for a second. I've given you some tangible action steps today on being faithful. There are steps to do. There's things to take, but I don't want to just get stuck on the actions. I just want to take a look here at verse 3. They said, isn't this the carpenter? Isn't this Mary's son and the brother of James, Joseph, Judas, and Simon? Aren't his sisters here with us? And they took offense at him. All right, so this is what Jesus Christ, the Savior of the world, this is what he endured. And he goes on to say, a prophet is not without honor except in his own town. I wrote in the side of my Bible, people grow complacent with those that they have unlimited access to. People take for granted what God wants to do or say through our closest leaders. Let's not be those people. Two points coming out of this. The first one would be, don't be surprised when you're misunderstood. If Jesus had to deal with it, you're probably going to have to deal with it, okay? As you grow in faith, as you join groups and join teams and serve and attend services, and you take actions and try to pray with people, and you feel these promptings in the Spirit, so you move on them, people are going to be confused, all right? It's going to happen, and it's okay. Because it's not about people, it's about what God wants to do in and through you. He told us in John 16, take heart because he has overcome the world. All right, so we, we know the end and we don't need to get caught up in the little details as we act out in obedience and see what God wants to do in and through us. Number two, let's not be a people who do this to the leaders who are around us. I check myself on this all the time. I never want to take the leadership that's been placed over me that I have a constant text thread going on with. I never want to take them for granted. All right? God put them in my life for a reason. I believe that. And it is my responsibility, my role to play, to trust, to follow, and to let God work out the details. Now, you're like, yeah, of course you're going to say that. You want me to follow you. Listen, uh, none of us who have said yes to this role of pastor has ever claimed to be perfect, all right? We mess up all the time. We strive to do better. We strive to just please him. We try to own it when we mess up. It does happen. As uh, Pastor Nicole mentioned today with some of the things that have come out in the state of Pennsylvania in the last couple of weeks, uh, I believe that's true for our council. That's true for our small group leaders. That's true for our team leaders. People miss it. That's okay. We talked about growing in graciousness, right? We talked about that earlier. Um, this is what I think is amazing, though. God, in his infinite grace, allows us to pursue him and point people to him, even though we miss it all the time. And God, in his infinite wisdom tucked this lesson into Mark chapter 6 so that we could stand here today in 2018, learn from those mistakes of the people who surrounded Jesus all those years ago, and we could learn, let's not take each other for granted. Let's not say, yeah, three core things, go team and not participate. 
Let's appreciate what God is saying and speaking through our pastor, through Pastor Nicole. Let's trust that God is speaking to all the pastors on staff and the areas that they lead. Let's trust that God is doing the same thing to the council who co-labors with this staff. Let's trust that in general, through the small group leaders, through the team leaders, God's put them there for a specific reason, okay? And God's put us there with them and under them for specific reasons so we can grow. And let's lean into that and let's shower grace upon grace upon grace because we all miss it at times, all right? But God in his infinite wisdom and his infinite grace lets us pursue him and point people to him anyways. Is that not good news? Okay. I'm reading, uh, I, I don't know if I should say actively reading because I kind of haven't picked it up in a little while, but I started this book by Zach Eastwine called The Imperfect Pastor, and it will wake you up. And he says, so often pastors get caught up in this race of wanting to do famous things as fast and effectively as possible. But what I've been learning is that God wants us to all do small and faithful things as long and lovingly as possible. That's what he'd have us to do. I believe if we do that, here's my wrap up, and then I'll pray us out of here, and we will all go out and do these simple things that take being a person of faith into being a faithful person. I believe if we do that, this will be our greatest year at Erie First Assembly that we've ever seen. He will do more than we can ever dream because this is why God honors humble hearts, God honors humble leaders, and God moves in churches that honor him and honor his spiritual leadership. That's not my opinion. That's from the word. Okay. Let's strive to be a people who are full of faith and let's strive to be faithful people because of it, people who act on that faith. So I'm just going to pray and we're going to wrap up this morning. There's no closing song. There's no uh, emotional ending so much as this. I just want to challenge you and encourage you to be faithful people, people who take your faith and act on it. And as we close, if that's something you've struggled with, with trusting leadership or applying simple things in your life, that you say, that's Bible 101. I'm already at Bible 501. That's great. Do 101 and take your 501 into it and bless all the people that are just at Bible 101, right? Grace upon grace upon grace. So if that's something that you've struggled with, we'll be here. We'd love to talk with you. We'd love to pray with you. We'd love to hear from you throughout this week. And we'd love to help you lead some of those groups or lead some of those teams and take the next step into being a faithful people, okay? So let me pray uh, and we'll go. Dear Lord, thank you so much for this morning. Thank you for these words, and I pray, Lord, that people have been um, not impacted by me, but impacted by you, that people have seen uh, just simple ways that they can take their faith, apply it in their life, and be seen as faithful people, faith-filled people. We love you, and we praise you, and we thank you for the privilege it is to go and make disciples, to worship you, to attend services, and to be part of a healthy gospel community. And so we repent of ever taking that for granted, and we thank you for the chance to hit reset right now and lean into you this new year. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much, everybody. Have a blessed week.